Covenant Community Church podcast. Here's today's message from Pastor John Lofton. If you were to write down a title to this message, it took me quite a while to figure out where God wanted me to go with this, but I do believe that this title is appropriate for where we're going. And the title of this message is called Thinking for Change. Now, I don't want you to think of this title in the way you would think because it's called Thinking for Change, not that I don't think that you're thinking now. But the reason it's called Thinking for a Change is because we got to begin to change our thinking. The way we think can change our lives. The way we think can cause us to be successful or a failure. The way we think can cause our business to thrive or fail. The way we think can cause us to be a good Christian or a bad one. The way we think can cause us to excel on the job or not. The way we think can cause our marriages to be prosperous, to be passionate or not. The way we think will determine how we raise our children. The way we think will determine how we treat our our neighbors the way we think saints so we got to start thinking for a change and we went to Colossians and it said set your mind on things above that's a beautiful metaphor it means to fix a hook in your jaw like a fish it means to set your mind on things above it means that you shouldn't be able to shake away from it The vicissitudes of life and the distractions from the enemy should not be able to shake you away from things above. The enemy has been doing this for for a very long time, even from the garden, when he questioned and said, did God really say? And do you believe that he's doing the same thing today because he's asking us all of the same questions? Did God really call you? Look what you've been through. Why would God want to call somebody like you? Did he really say that you're going to preach his word? Did he really say that you're going to be healed? Did he really say that you're going to do great things for his name's sake? Did God really say? I came to inspire you today to know that when God speaks a thing, he doesn't renege on what he says. If he said it, he said, I'll make it good. Come on, saints. So there are some things that God has spoken to us, and we have put it on the shelf. And I I taught you last week, we was talking about dreams. And the the, the title of it was, Joseph is yet alive. How many of you were inspired by that message? I'm still inspired by it. I I was listening to it on the job, and I got ready to run around Bank of America. (laughs) And I was inspired by it because I found out that my dreams are yet alive. And so the Lord really want me to come in here to inspire you because some of you have dreamed dreams and you put those dreams on the shelf. It has died. But that is the process. The Bible said unless a grain of seed fall into the ground and dies, it abide alone. But if it dies, it shall produce fruit. I said if it dies. So don't count it as a bad thing that's for somehow the dream didn't come to pass. Say it like this. It has not come to pass yet. That's what David said. He said, so why art thou disquiet in me? Hopeth thou not, thou not in God? He said, I shall yet praise you. Even though I don't see the dream yet. Even though I don't see the money yet. Even though my body is still hurting. I shall yet praise you. See that's what you got to get in your spirit. That's what you got to catch right now. That you got to have a yet praise. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, people will bite on you. People will beat you down. Corporate America will beat you down. You're trying to run your business, and you got clients that will beat you down. And when you leave, you got to say, God, I yet praise you. Because what people say don't determine who I am. God determines who I am. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Over there, it says stir up. It says stir up your pure mind. I like Do you, you see that? He says stir up your pure mind. Not just your mind, your pure mind. Because see, when you got saved, your mind should be purified. Notice it didn't just say stir up your mind or your carnal mind. Because I don't want to stir up carnal stuff. Because see, I'm already struggling with it now. Why? Because I'm in this flesh body. And as long as you're in this flesh body, you're going to struggle. Hello? It's, it's called flesh. Flesh does what it does. So why do we think it a strange thing that flesh wants to sin? Paul said, when I want to do good, <laughs> evil is present with me. <laughs> For that which I want to do, I don't do it. And that which I should not do, I do it anyway. And then we think it's a strange thing that we want to sin. Your flesh always wants to sin. That's why your mind has to be renewed to tell your flesh to make the right choice. Because it's a matter of choices of what we're talking about today. Amen. So when I begin to look at this thing a little bit further, um, the, the, I've said this before, but let me uh, recapitulate on this again, that what you focus on is what you make room for. Hello. What you focus on is what you make room for. If you focus on being depressed, you're going to make more room for. If you focus on being broke, you're going to make more room for. If you focus on being sick, you're going to make room for. What you focus on is what you make room for. Therefore, Paul says, set your mind on things above. If you focus on things above, you make room for things. It's not rocket science. It's truth. Come on, saints. I'm talking. I'm preaching to myself right now. Don't make me have to run around this church for you. Mm. <laughs> Go to John chapter 5. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I don't know where we're going today. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 5. Are you there? John chapter 5. Verse 1. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I hope y'all praying for me. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't know where we're going next. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says after this there was a feast in the, <laughs> with the Jews. The feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, they're in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. Where were they? They were by the sheep gate. It was a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. There's a lot of stuff in that one verse right there. Sheep gate, we're considered sheep. Bethesda is known as the house of mercy. And it was five porches. Five is the number of grace. Very important to understand this. Amen. And in, in these lay great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. What were they waiting for? For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And see, here's the problem. We got too many people waiting for the stirring of the water when God wants to stir us. See, we, we, we get so focused on God stirring something else or stirring in that church or stirring in that prophet. When God says, no, I want to bring a stirring in you. Hello. I'm, just, I'm, waiting, for, I'm waiting for God to stir up something. Okay, now, now, now. 
if that wasn't bad enough, it goes on to say something else. Well, you already know the story, right? He said he's waiting uh, for the water to be stirred up. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. How, many, how, how long was he like this? Now, now listen, listen, listen. listen that, that, that's, that's, old, that's, that's a long time. 38 years in this condition waiting for the water to be stirred. Waiting for something else to happen before I operate in my deliverance. I'm waiting for something else to happen before I make a choice to say I am sick and tired of being sick and tired, but I'm waiting on somebody else, waiting for somebody else to tell me that I need to get up, waiting for somebody else to tell me that I need to be doing better, waiting for that pastor to tell me that I need to preach when you should be out there preaching already. And we got too many Christians waiting on somebody else to tell you something when God already told you. Verse 5, a certain man, he was there for 38 years. Verse 6, and, and when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? I, I, I thought that was a strange question. Here, here it is, saints. Let me, let, me, let me set this thing up for you here. Let me go back to the beginning. There they are. They're at the house of mercy. They're at the sheep gate, a pool. And they're, they're, and after the sheep, uh, let me give you some history first. Here's what happens. In the Old Testament, they would bring the sheep to this place. And what they would do is, when they make the sacrifice, at the pool, they would wash all of the pollution off of the sheep. Th this was at, at Bethesda, uh -huh, the house of mercy. At the sheep pool. Once they finished washing the sacrifice, they would take the sacrifice to be dressed under five porches. As it was then, so it is today. What do we do? We give our bodies as a living sacrifice. We are washed by the washing of the word and the blood of the lamb. Then we are dressed by his grace. So now, are you, are you seeing this with me here? This is the house of mercy. This is a place where grace flows. This is a place where the sacrifice has been made. You would think that this would be a place of blessings. But what do we see in the house of mercy under grace? What kind of people are sitting there? Sick people. Blind people. Lame people. And paralyzed people. You see the irony here? That this is a place where healing is supposed to be. But all you see is suffering. Pain. All you see is confusion. In the house of mercy where there's grace. Do we see that today in our churches? Well, this is supposed to be a place where you're supposed to be healed. Because it talked about being blind. You know what that is? No vision. So when you're sitting waiting for somebody else to do what you're supposed to be doing, you lose your vision. You lose your dream. You lose your passion. 
Why? Because you're putting so much on somebody else to do for you what God only can do. And this is where marriages mess up. Because you put everything on that husband to make me happy. You put everything on that wife to make me happy. Only God can do that. And when you link up with God, you don't have to worry about how somebody else treats you. You're still locked up with God because the change in you can change other people. So it's all about that vital relationship with God. The Bible said that they had no vision. They were blind, but then they were also lame. That means that they had no integrity. They were lame. They, they were leaning as they walked. Lame. Don't operate in business right. Don't operate in church right. Don't operate on your job right. You're lame in your thinking. That it doesn't line up. You're not integrous. Do you see that in the church today? I guarantee you right now, let me just give you a warning. I just saw it prophetically that, that I want you to be ready. Okay? I've, I've been saying this for years, and it's happening right now today. There are more churches getting ready to fall. It's already been, been foretold already by a lot of prophets, and, and the Lord is showing it to me too. I've been preaching on this for about three years or more to say it's time to really pray for the saints because what we have is men of God in the pulpit that are not repentant. That's where it stems from, pride. But they don't make them bad people. It just make them people. Just like you. See, we all fail. So that's why you can't put the pedestal on the man or the woman up there. We're just like you. The moment you put all your faith in me, I will let you down. Because I'm human. Dex is laughing. She knows. I'll let you down. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm human. God never required me to please all of you anyway. He requires me to please him. He didn't bring you in here to please me. He brought you in here to please him. And if we both please him, then there's no stopping. There's no devil in hell can stop what God is going to do. Amen. The Bible said it like this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Because we already know what our purpose is. And see, you don't depend on somebody else to tell you what that is. You already know what it is. They were also paralyzed. You know what that means? No reproduction. <laughs> Spiritual eunuchs. Y'all know what a eunuchs are, right? When a man been... <laughs> Y'all know that, right? Eunuchs, they... <laughs> All the goodies are gone. No, nothing happening. Amen? See, that's why a king had eunuchs like that around his queen, because he didn't want anything to happen. Hello? But, 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 but here's the sad irony about this, saints. I see spiritual eunuchs in the church in our men. I see that. Why? Because they sit and let the women do it all. The women are worshiping and going after God. And I'm not talking about this church. Amen. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> if the shoe fit. Uh, my dad always said, if it walked like a duck. <laughs> so the men in the house are required to do more. We are required that if we are coming into a place, we're supposed to put seed in a place. I'm talking about spiritually now. I'm not, come on, get on out of the gutter. I'm talking about spiritually that a man is never supposed to come into a church and not plant seed. A man is supposed to never go into a marriage without planting life. Amen. 
if you are in a place or you are in a relationship as a man, I'm talking to the men, women, just relax. I'm talking to the men. Don't know where we're going, but we're going to go there. Amen. So I'm talking to the men right now. So when you are in a marriage or when you are in a relationship, when you are in a church or when you are on a job and when you have a business, you're supposed to be planting life. God designed you to plant life. He didn't design you to be a taker. Even your anatomy is such that you are a giver. Come on, somebody. You're seeing this with me here. And see, here we are. Here we are in the house of mercy where there's grace and we want to be takers. When men are supposed to be givers. See, this, this is where men, they get depressed and they depend on their wife to do everything for them. They want their wife to baby them and cook them cookies and cakes. And, and that's not what the woman is. Their wife is not your mama. She's your wife. I want to marry my mama. I love my mama. Hello. So, so listen, guys, we're not supposed to be paralyzed or incapacitated in the church. We're supposed to be the first ones to get up and worship, the first ones to get up and pray, the first ones to wake up your family and say, we got to go to church this morning. Oh, I must be talking about somebody because it got real quiet. Come on now, this Presbyterian church better get excited this morning. I was looking at the movie. I love movies. How many of you seen the movie The Great Debaters? The Great Debaters. A great movie. I love Denzel. And, um, and so... When I watched this movie, uh, Professor Tolson was the professor in the movie, and there was one particular scene that I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, I, I, I didn't have enough time to, to show you the clip, but there's one scene when he's preparing his debaters or, or qualifying them, and, and one of the guys challenged him, and uh, uh, P- Professor Tolson wanted to explain the purpose of, of the professors that were there at that university, and he made this statement, but I thought it was profound. He said that it is my purpose to help you find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. Man, when I saw that, I was like, man, oh man, oh man, that's my purpose for being in this pulpit to help the church of God to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. And the only way I can do that is to preach word of God because the Bible said that our minds must be renewed by the word of God. It must be transformed. Metamorpho is the word that it should be going through a metamorphosis right now that your mind must change, but you got to think for a change. You can't keep thinking the same thing and expecting a different result. Something about you have to change, saints, and we got to start thinking for a change. And so now I'm talking about being successful. Godly thinking does this for us. It creates the foundation for good results. That's why he says, set your mind on things. Godly thinking creates the foundation for good results. If If you're thinking on the earth, you're setting yourself up for bad results. See, I'm not giving you good principles here. I'm giving you God's principles. You can find good principles anywhere, but I'm giving you God's principles. If you set your mind on things above, you're setting yourself up for success. It goes on to say in my message here, it said, godly thinking increases your potential. Why? Because you see that God is unlimited. And when you think on the earth, guess what? You're limited by what man says. See, you're limited by the lid of man, and you can't go further than your leader. (laughs) That's why it's vitally important to understand the type of leader that you're submitted under. 
that's even that's on your job and it's particularly important in the church if you have a leader that's not growing if you have a leader that has no passion that has no fire about what he does guess what you're going to die and you can only go as high as the leader it's called the law of the lid and so you got to make sure that you link up with people that are continually moving forward because it is my job as, as the pastor and her, as the pastor of this church, to push you into your destiny. Because, see, I want to sit back and applaud you. Amen. See, it's not that I want to be up there. I want to see you up there. Because when I see you up there, it is us up there. Why? Because the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And if I can put something inside of you that explodes your potential and you do things way beyond you thought you can do, then yes, that's us. Go ahead with that. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Amen. I'm passionate about this because I see you further than where you are today. I see you further than where you are today. Don't let the limitations of man stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And we got too many Christians have, have been bound by the limitations of man. Glory to God. I'm not mad. Please, I'm not mad. I know I look angry, but I'm not. I'm not mad at all. I'm passionate about this, though. Amen. Maybe if I do my eyebrows up like this, y'all won't look so angry. I'm not angry at all, but, but, but I am excited about what God wants to do inside of you. There's more. There's more. There's more. Somebody said there's more in me. There's more in me. Come on. Come on. There's more in me. You may not feel that there's more in you, but there's more in you. Why? Because God jam-packed you with purpose. When he created you before you even had a little old body, he said, I called you to be my chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a very peculiar people that I called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. Talk to me, somebody up in here. So when we start talking about being successful people, there are some questions here that I, I had to come and ask you because there's millions of times uh, you hear the most popular answers when you say, when you ask the question, um, why are some people successful and others are not? <laughs> okay, here's some of the answers, amen. Uh, successful people get better opportunities. That's some of the most popular answers. Successful people, okay. It said people who do not succeed have bad backgrounds. Uh, I don't believe that. Education makes all the difference, sometimes. The man that owned Federal Express quit college. He wrote a theme paper to show that all of the packages can come to one place and be distributed to every place. And the professor flunked him and said it would never work. He left college and started FedEx. Every package goes to Memphis, Tennessee. So his college education wasn't a limitation. He didn't allow that professor to put limits on what he could do. And let me just say this right now. You may have been submitted under a pastor where you couldn't do anything. You don't have to worry about that up in here because I want to push you to do greater things. Hello, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very confident in the anointing that God has on my life. I'm not scared of any one of you. I want you to come in here and do great things for God. Now, I, I want that for you. But don't let the limitations of man or some bishop or some pastor or some prophet that have spoken to you some things, get that negativity out of your mind. And we got to start thinking for a change. And you got to think, well, did man say that to me or did God say that to me? Well, if God said it, that goes beyond what man can say. Hello, are you getting anything out of this? Hello, 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 man, I'm excited about this. So I don't believe any of that. This is what I believe. I believe successful people think differently than unsuccessful people. I believe that, that successful people 
think differently than unsuccessful people. I wrote this down. I just want to speak it to you here. It might be on Facebook. Go ahead and put it out there. It says, the greatest waste of energy in our world is not of electricity, oil, or natural gas. The greatest waste of energy today is the unused potential within the lives of people. Unused potential. And that's in the church. Sometimes people can be so smart on their jobs, but when they come to church, they lock up. And I'm like, where, where's all that knowledge, man? You're effective on the job. You, you're running meetings. You're running people. But then they come to church, and, and you get dumb as a brick. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. Well, do you lead people on the job? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can lead people in the church. It's no, they just people. Amen. And I like to share with people all the time because if you're on your job and you're giving the people a paycheck, they submit it because of the check. <laughs> See, in the, in the house of God, God requires your submission before you get it. And if you really want to know if you're a good leader or not, try to lead an all-volunteer organization where nobody's getting paid. That's when you know if you're a good leader or not. Hello? So that's when it gets real difficult because now you've got you to gotta sell your product. And I guarantee you right now, I got the best product that you can ever get. Amen. It's called Jesus. Amen. And see, it sells itself. All I have to do is live it. It, it already sells, amen? amen. So now, 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 how many of you have ever been in a place and you have thought to yourself, after they said something, or, or, or answered a question, and you thought to yourself, what in the world were they thinking? By a show of hands. Okay, okay, let me, let me bring it home. What about in your house, and you ask your child something, and they give you an answer, and you go, and you look at your spouse, and you go, what in the world were they thinking? Or oh, you're on your job, right? And, and you're trying to talk to leadership and say, you know what? We, we might need to wait on <laughs> implementing that right now because we need to do some more research to make sure that everything is right. And, and, and then, they, then they make the decision to do it anyway. And then they come in a meeting and blame somebody else. And you go, what in the world? <laughs> what are they thinking? Amen? So, <laughs> so I got a what in the world were they thinking thing. Listen to this. Because I got to make you laugh because y'all getting too serious in here with me. So he, he, here's the question. If you could live forever, would you and why? Somebody say that's the question. If you could live forever, would you and why? Here's the answer. I would not live forever because we should not live forever. Because if we were supposed to live forever, then we could live forever. But we cannot live forever, which is why I would not live forever. <laughs> Come on and say it. What in the world? This was in the 1994 Miss USA pageant. Now listen, I'm not knocking the pageant. Please, please. I'm not <laughs> if, if, if anybody from the 1994 Miss USA pageant is listening to this podcast, I am not trying to make a reference to the pageant. I'm just saying, you can say, what in the world were they thinking? Spiritually, when we make choices, does God say, what in the world? When I gave them my word, and they still made that dumb choice, what in the world, child? 
What are you thinking? I'm talking to everybody in here. Because we all have made some dumb choices. Come on, for the people in here that's my age or more, we, we, we can think back and go, what in the world was I thinking? Why in the world I allowed that to happen to me? Why did I give all of that trust to that person? Why, 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 why? We got all these whys, right? And we look back and then we, we would say, come on, the people my age or more, we, say, we would say, boy, if I can go back, with, with what? With what I know now, and I can go back then. and why? Because we will make what? Different choices. Young people, let me talk to you for a second. The reason your parents, the reason your mentors and the people that are older than you are trying to tell you things, and we're not just trying to, to, to be mean or nasty, we're just trying to keep you from falling into some of the same pits that we have fallen into. It, it, it doesn't make us a bad person. We're, we're doing the best that we can. Do you realize there's no manual on raising children? Every one of you are different. So all we can do is give you what we got. Everything that I got, I give you. If you want more than what I got, I'm sorry. I can't give it to you. We give 100% in this church. If you want 101, I don't have it. She don't have it. But what we got, we give it to you, young people. Are you, are you hearing me today? Yeah, your parents might not be the smartest people. They may not be, and we judge our parents. But your parents gave you what they had. We're giving our, people, our children what we got. And beyond that, we don't have it. Come on. So young people, just remember that because I, I, I was holding something over my father's head that he couldn't give me. He gave me what he had. And we have to be healed from the wounds of our fathers. Let me go on into this thing and wrap it up. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about here is, is to perpetuate the power of our dreams. Let's perpetuate the power of our dreams. I took you to Job chapter 33 last, last week, and I want to go there again, and I want to talk about this. Because, see, I want this to solidify in your minds that God is speaking to us through dreams and visions today. I, I don't believe, like some of the other denominations, that say that healing has passed with the times of the apostles. I don't, I don't believe that for one moment because God has healed me personally. And because I have a personal experience with this, then I know that cannot be true. I do not believe that tongues have passed because we speak in tongues, and I believe it's a beautiful language, and there are over 6,000 languages. So you can't tell me that what I'm speaking is not a language unless you know all 6,000. I, I truly believe that on the day of Pentecost, it was not Babel. It was a language. Therefore, the men of God said, how can you, being Jewish, can speak my language? It was a language. It was not Babel. What people speak that are filled with the Holy Ghost, it is a language. Don't let anybody try to tell you that it's devilish. Don't let anybody try to tell you that that is not godly because it is godly. And they need to read the word of God so they can get an understanding because greater revelation comes when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. The Bible said it like this, with stammering lips, I will speak to my people. Because when you speak in tongues, it's like a stammering lip. You, you, you hear it in your spirit, don't you, saints? You, you, it's something bubbling inside of you. It's not gas. Well, it might be for some of you, but, but, but it's like it's something inside of you, and you know that it can't be a devil because you get greater revelation from God. The devil would never do anything inside of you to make you have a stronger relationship with God. First and foremost, you ought to understand that truth. Well, how can the devil get me closer to God? He's trying to pull us away from God, saints. Come on. So we got to get out of this man-made traditions that's trying to limit the people of God. 
Don't let man put any limits on you. Let me, let me go a little step further. Don't let no denomination put any limits on you. Now, we're non-denominational because God said to be. And I'm not trying to knock any denomination here. I'm not. Y'all know my heart. I'm speaking from love. But I am saying that if you are under that and you don't feel like you're growing, then something has to. Or you can sit there and say, well, it's going to get better next year. Sit there. It's going to get better next year. Sit there. It's going to get better. You can do that. We did it for a while. Then, then something had to change. Anybody been there before? Okay, okay. So this is how we perpetuate, perpetuate the power of our dreams. Our dreams are powerful, saints. Do you realize that? Dreams are powerful. Let me read this from Job chapter 33. Let me read this real quick, get you something here, and then uh, we, we're going to pray. And we're going to take up the offering, and we're going to go home. All right, y'all ready for this? Job chapter 33, verse 14 said, For God may speak in one way or in another. So let me, let me stop right there for a second. Because God does not speak in only one way. First and foremost, God can speak to you through dreams, through visions. He can speak through you, through your children, a sign on the side of the road. God can speak to you through animals. My little dog is teaching me a lot about God, especially as it relates to patience. I'm telling you, because when I want to smack him and he look at me with them big old brown eyes, I go, oh, you're just so cute. <laughs> he, teach, he, he can teach you through anything. But here, here's the deal. Are we listening? Are we listening? Or, or maybe this might be the issue. You want it from a certain person. Well, I can't receive none from a white man. That means you're prejudiced. We're going to call a spade a spade today. You know I like talking about stuff like this. That means you're prejudiced. I can't receive none from a white man. I, shoot, I can't receive nothing from a black man. And people talk like that. You know, there's so much racism in the church. I tell you, I don't care what color you are. You got a word from God, you better give it to me. I don't care how old you are, don't care how long you've been saved. If God is speaking to you, I want my word. Give it to me. I'll let you know if it confirms. I will. But give me my word, amen? I don't care about the package. Hello? Now, now I know, I know, I know how the world is. I know if I go to an all-white church, I can't go in there with an old red suit on, with red alligator shoes, <laughs> rings on every finger. Come on, this, this, come on, saints. Am I, am I talking to somebody who got a grill on? <laughs> Guess what? Are they going to receive anything from me? This is how the world is. This is why I teach our young ministers. This is how you got to dress. You got to dress properly because you don't want them to be looking at stuff and they don't listen to the message. Why? Because you in there for God. Hello. Talk to me, somebody. Am I giving you some good stuff or what? See, we still live it in this world. And there are certain things that people will measure you up on. I know because I preach at a lot of white churches. But they're there to hear my word because they can't say nothing about my suit or shoes. And I do that purposely. I teach them purposely. Why? Because we got to get the message of God out. Amen. He said he can speak in many ways, yet men does not perceive it in a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds. Here it is right here. Then he opens their ears when you sleep. So this is not your, your natural ears. He can open your ears spiritually when? 
when you sleep and he seals your instructions. Now, this is from the word of God and God don't lie. So if he said, I'm speaking in dreams, that didn't pass with the time of the apostles. Now, 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 I'm encouraging, encouraging you to dream. Dream. God is speaking through dreams and visions. And when you have a dream, write it down. We have somebody in this church can interpret your dreams for you. And they do it in a godly way. I thank God for it. So write your dreams down. That has not passed with the times of the apostles. God is still speaking in dreams today. And let me, let me tell you how important dreams are. You know, dreams gives you passion. You have a dream about something, you have a lot of passion behind it. That's why Jordan says she's struggling because she was passionate about it. And then, then all of a sudden it's like, Phew. it's like all the air was let out, right? But God is saying, I want to see how much passion you're going to have when you don't see it. Now, he says, instead of looking at the dream, I want you to look at the, the person who gave it to you. Because, see, we'll get so fired up about the dream and we'll forget about the one that gave it. Is this making sense at all? If it don't make sense to you, it's making sense to me. A dream will give you passion. Let me tell you how much passion came out of a dream. Everybody know this, and it's going to inspire you even when I speak a little bit of it. Say, go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and the ghettos of northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will change. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. Even just speaking those words right there, it's inspiring you right now. He said, it is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation would rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And then he began to quote from the book of Isaiah. This is so powerful. He said, I have a dream that every valley shall be exalted, and every hill and mountain shall be made low, and the rough places made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall reveal to, to, to man, and all flesh shall see it together. Now, didn't that inspire you? Why? Because this was not a speech. It was a prophetic dissertation from a prophet of God. And what the black community needs right now is another prophet. Amen. I don't need anybody that's trying to racially profile to get on TV. What we need is a prophet in the community. Somebody to stand on the word of God and preach the word of God. Amen. That's what we need. Why? Because our dreams inspire passion. Don't you know when Martin spoke that dream, it changed the course of history. You can, you can change just by your dream. You can change the course of history. How do I know this? How can I make it plain for you? Let me see. Oh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, somebody said, behold, all things have become new. Why? Because God changed the course of history. You would have lost your mind right now, but God changed the course of history. You would have been in jail right now, but God 
changed the course of history. You would have been in a crack house right now. But God changed the course of history. You would have been pregnant with all kinds of babies right now. But God changed your course of history. Get your dreams off of the shelf. Dust them off and get inspired by the word of God. another practical and relevant teaching from Covenant Community Church. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina, near Lowe's Hardware. Find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, serving together to transform lives abroad.